and Coach Luce, we might have called him Coach Lucifer, but yeah, Coach Luce, um, Brian, if you had that much energy at the end of the race, you could have used it on the course. Dizruns Radio, episode 1048, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, if you're looking to step up your sock game heading into the summer of 2022 or whenever you're listening to this, maybe you're listening to this in fall of 2023, I don't know, I'm still going to say that Features is a good place to get some socks. So if you need if you need some new socks, some comfortable socks, some socks that will last, that will, will stand up to the, the regular wear and tear of running and, and all the miles that you're logging, I would suggest Features. And not only are they great socks, but it's also a great way to support the show. See, if you go through the link disruns.com slash features whether you get one pair three pairs 20 pairs i don't know i don't know how many socks you need but a small portion of your purchase comes back to the show at no additional cost for you so if you enjoy the show and you're like gosh you know i could really use some socks hey it's like a match made in heaven you use the link disruns.com slash features the show gets supported you get some good socks you're supporting a good company kind of feels like a win-win-win as far as I'm concerned. So uh, go through the link, and, and I wish I had a discount code for you. I really do. I, I keep trying to get one. They're not giving me one. Um, but if I get one, I'll, I'll let you know. But until then, if you need some good socks, they're worth every penny. Dizruns.com slash features. Get yourself a pair, whether you like them low, you like them high, thick, thin, somewhere in the middle. They've got you covered, and uh, you will not regret it. At least, I don't think you'll regret it. I don't know. I don't know your life. I don't know what kind of socks you like. But if, you, if you're looking for some good socks, I would recommend Features. And uh, if you're willing to support the show at the same time, I would appreciate that. Dizruns.com slash Features. And now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. My uh, guest today is someone that uh, I've shared a few back and forths with over the years on Twitter. And, and I guess Twitter, mostly. That's, that's his main social media platform. I was going to say social media, but it's mostly just been Twitter. Anyway... We've been we've been back and forth a few times over the years, and uh, I'm I'm definitely excited today to be able to dive a little deeper into the story and, and get beyond you know 280 characters and actually have a conversation and, and lots of things to get into. And uh, I'm not going to muddy up the intro with all of the things that we may or may not talk to talk about. Uh, we'll just introduce them and, and go from there. So without any further ado, it's a pleasure to be able to welcome uh, Mr. Brian Greenberg to the show. So thanks for joining us today, Brian. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Danny, for having me. I'm excited. Good, good. And, and y'all, if you enjoy today's conversation and uh, you enjoy yourself a little bit of Twitter, Brian is there. And uh, I, I'm assuming always always taking friend requests, follow requests, always good to connect with other runners uh, because, you know, running community, that's kind of what we do. Uh, and on Twitter, it's it's pretty easy because it's just his name, although there's a middle initial in there and, and you know, Sometimes I guess that could throw you, uh, but it's at Brian K. Greenberg. And of course, there's spelling issues. Brian with a Y, B-R-Y-A-N-K, Greenberg with, a, with an E, G-R-E-E-N-B-E-R-G. Um, and as per usual, we'll have everything linked up in the show today. A couple of photos, links, the whole nine, and, and obviously the Twitter handle will be linked there as well. Dizruns.com slash 1048, Dizruns.com slash 1048. We'll get you back to the show notes for today. We'll have the links, the photos, the whole nine. You can connect with Brian on Twitter if uh, you're a Twitter person, which if you're not a Twitter person, 
Twitter gets a bad rap, but running Twitter is a good Twitter. Like running Twitter is the place to be. So come on and join us. But uh, anyway, uh, Brian, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with a, a pretty simple question. Uh, at least as far as it goes to ask, because it's like literally six or seven words. Sometimes it's an easy one to answer. Sometimes it's uh, it's a little bit more difficult because there's a lot of great options out there. Uh, but either way, it gets the party started. And that's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? That's a perfect question. I appreciate it. I just ran the Cherry Blossom 10-miler, and that 10-mile race is just a perfect distance. I did it virtually here in Atlanta. I am a D.C. boy, Maryland, if you couldn't tell by all my Maryland gear, and you could see it all over Twitter as well. Uh, the 10-miler, it's perfect. It's a little bit longer than that 10K, but not the full distance of that half marathon. And I just felt really great on my last race, and you just kind of kick it in about mile six, seven, and you're like, I have a 5K to go. Let's right. kick some butt. Right. Also, yeah. the 15K, that 9.3 is fun as well, either way, but um, yeah. Yeah, those and those are those are both answers that that pop up here every so often, um, and, and I kind of feel like they would at least in my you know in my, in my area, Central Florida, and and places I've I've lived in the past, I feel like that 10 mile ish, 15 k ish distance would be pop would be more popular, but there's just not that many races. Do, do you find? And I, I feel like I ask this question every time somebody says 10 miles. Do you do you find them very frequently, or is it as much of a struggle for you to find a 10 miler as it is for me? They're definitely a struggle. Here in Atlanta, we do, the Atlanta Track Club does every October. They do the 10-mile race, and then it's the PNC 10-miler. Mm -hmm. And it's a hilly course, and it's awesome because they get pockets of fans in different cities, like different areas. They come out cheering on with their cowbells and everything, and people bring out shot glasses and everything, <laughs> just to have jello shots. And then in uh, December here in Atlanta, there's uh, the Running Nerds Run the Social. Uh, Tess, she puts on an amazing race. And if you want to see hills, I mean, Huff Hill is just, you're going straight up. You're going to see what Atlanta is all about uh, without the heat and the humidity of the summertime. But those are two of my favorite 10-mile races. And we do one called the Cupcake Race. It's a 15K. And that's usually Valentine's Day. Mm. Um, and now I think it's pushed back to May. So I do enjoy those and I hate the summertime half marathons or anything longer. So I try to stick to the shorter distance in the summer. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, us here in the Southeast, the, the summer, the, the summer isn't just a, a three or four month window. Like it is, uh, back in, back in my homeland of Michigan and, and farther North climbs where summer is, is nice. And before it can get, you know, you, like it's never, never lasts long enough here at, uh, summer never seems to end. And, and especially for us as runners, it's like that heat and humidity. It just, it just, you know, I mean, I guess, I guess it's for me, it's worth it to not have the, the snow to shovel and the ice to navigate, but boy, that heat and humidity for 10 months is, is a thing for sure. Try running with this like fur coat on at all times. <laughs> it's not a pleasant run. Uh, it keeps me warm in the winter time, but yeah. Well, at least, at least you got that, that smooth dome on top to let, to release some heat that way. Aerodynamics. Yeah. Yes, indeed. I wish it was for my speed, but no. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, Brian, how'd you get started in the sport of running? Is it something that's been a, a long-term thing, a little bit more recent? How'd you kind of find your find yourself into this this world of putting one foot in front of the other and just repeating it ad nauseum, you know, till, till you get to the finish line? Absolutely. A couple weeks ago, when I was in high school, well, maybe a <laughs> few years longer. Freshman year of high school, I was on the cross country team. I was actually in uh, geometry class freshman year, and I was doing really horrible. For the first few weeks. And the teacher was also the cross country coach. He said, Brian, why don't you come after school? 
there's some of the kids on the cross country team. They'll help you out with your geometry. It's like, okay. So I started going to those and they were like, Brian, you're already here. Why don't you run with us? I was a short fat kid. I was not anything great or anything, but I said, okay, let me try it. My dad had run cross country and track and him and I hadn't had the greatest relationship. And when he left in second grade, we were close, but not real close. It's like, this is a perfect way for me to connect with dad, for me to connect with my geometry teacher, start to get better. So we had eight members of the cross country team, seven varsity and Brian as the JV runner. I enjoyed it uh, that first year and it was great. I ran cross country, I ran track and I ran or indoor and outdoor track. Got through the summertime, didn't run at all would get back to being slow and by the end of the season I would get back to being fast again or fast enough for still JV runner and honestly it just stuck I mean I went to college probably I ran a little bit in college not for university but just for a little bit of fun maybe did a few 5k's here and there took off most of my 20s and then as I was getting closer to my 30s started doing a boot camp and um, after a little bit, they were like, Brian, you're fast. You should be one of the instructors. Mm-hmm. So I started, I became an instructor with them. Then they were like, Hey, we're training for this half marathon coming up. And so I ran the half marathon it was the, now it's the public's half here. Uh, but it was the PN or it was ING uh, half back in 2007. And to this date, that was my fastest PR of a half, uh, 152 and it was great um had a blast there that's let's see i've and now since 2014 i've been running basically a half marathon a month i mean i whether it's a race or just for fun i the last couple of years i've gotten in uh 1200 miles a thousand miles for the year 1200 miles and i things that i never thought i would ever hit i was I've just gotten more and more into it. The Twitter group has honestly helped keep me uh, active and just excited to be a part of it and watching some of my friends accomplish what they did yesterday in Boston. Mm -hmm. I will never be running Boston. I will cheer you on. I do have a Boston shirt that a few years ago, 2020, when it was virtual, Mm -hmm. one of my friends, she ran it here in Atlanta and I helped her with a half of it. And so she bought any of us that helped her out with a half or with the full, mm-hmm. she got a shirt. And I'm like, I, can I wear this? I really didn't earn it, but I wear it in support of all my friends and family and everybody that's running it. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think you can wear it. I mean, you, you, you're, you're part of, you were part of that Boston saga for sp- yeah. certainly for her, but just, I mean, all of us that year, obviously with the pandemic and everything getting canceled and so many races going virtual and, and things like that, it was, you know, I, I don't know. Do we, do we want to have keepsakes to remember that that whole situation by? But uh, one way or the other, for me, well it's cool because it's got. I have the Boston shirt. Right. Right. For most now, of course. Um, I, I'm curious, and and I don't know that that uh, I don't know that this will go anywhere or not. You know, it's often the case. Sometimes you ask a question, it goes over a lead like a lead balloon, and sometimes it actually takes off and goes somewhere. But you mentioned that that first half marathon was also still the, the fastest marathon, and and. I'm I'm not trying to insinuate in any way, shape, or form that everybody needs to get faster or strive to get faster or anything like that. 
But is that something that that eats at you a little bit, or is that something that's just like it's a cool piece of trivia? Like like where do you stand on my first race was was still my my fastest race, and it's not like my first race was just you know six months ago, but it's been it's been a minute. Uh, lots of races, lots of miles since then. Does that is that something that that eats at you at all? So I apologize. It's my fastest on that course. Oh okay. Um, if since then. Uh, I did get a 149.58 or so, so I broke that 150 barrier. Mm-hmm. It was a flat course down in Columbus, Georgia. They do a free race here called the Red Nose mm-hmm. Race, um, and it's right after my birthday at the beginning of January, so I enjoy that. But to this day, the public's course, I mean, I've come close. I've gotten the 153, 155, right. but I can't get the, I can't break the 152, and it's fine. Um that one's kind of eating at me that someday I'd like to get there, but the hills on that course, and as I'm getting older, right. it's a little more difficult. It was also my first full marathon that I ran, and it was 10 years later in 2016, or uh, it was the 10-year anniversary, and I ran my first full marathon. And I mean, that's still my PR, but I've only run one full in person. And I, last October, I did add to my medal collection the one uh, virtual marathon. And gotcha. I definitely don't recommend a full marathon virtually to anybody. <laughs> as uh, as someone that's done more than my fair share of, of solo, I call them SNGs because I didn't even sign up. I don't even get a medal for it. It's just the shits and giggles. Go out and, and run 26 miles on your own every once in a while. Um, I will... I will, crab metal. That's what I had to add to it, just because I'm a Marylander, and any time right. I could add the crab to it, I got to, got to. But I will, I will definitely second your running a marathon by yourself is not not the ideal experience. You know, it's not maybe not you know whatever. Maybe it's an acquired taste more so than than a lot of other things. But uh, still, don't really enjoy it. But I can I can grind them out. But anyway, one what is it? One, less than one percent of the population that's done a full right. And so like now that, yeah. that I've done two. I mean, less than that. You're in that percentile for sure. For sure. (laughs) Um, You know, and and thanks for clearing that up about the different course situation, because I feel like, and I mean, I've had these conversations with people I coach, just people online, whatever people on the podcast. I feel like in the trail running community, especially you get to trail and ultra running community. um, It's, it's, it's really common to be like, you know, to have like six different PRs at any given distance because every course is going to be different and some are more mountainy, some are more hilly, hot, cold, like whatever, all the different factors that come into play. Road running, I don't feel like we think about, I don't think about that as much when talking to road runners and, and um, you know, talking to, to, to folks about half marathons and marathons, but it absolutely still applies. And yeah, like, like you know, if, if you run a race in a hilly on a hilly course, like odds are that's not going to be your fastest time just because and and that's where you do have then that pr for this course or this race or whatever because to try to compare that it's not an apples to apples by any stretch no uh speaking of the hills though kind of going back to high school dad always told me when i was in high school he goes brian you're not as fast as everybody but your hill work is what's going to pat or help you out so anytime going up the Let's see. Cross country. We would be out in the fields in front of all the parents mm-hmm. and all these kids are sprinting. We would get to the back into the woods where it's hilly and they're just walking up the hills. Mm-hmm. And that's where I would speed by them. And dad goes, you blow by somebody. You're going to demoralize them. They're not going to be able to catch you. And then whenever I would get close to the end of a race, I would sprint mm-hmm. and coach loose. We might have called him coach Lucifer, but yeah, coach loose. <laughs> um, Brian. 
if you had that much energy at the end of the race, you could have used it on the course. But I don't know. It's just anytime I get close to that finish line, I get so excited and I just want to finish strong. And usually I get a pretty good race photo at the end um, as I'm flying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's the time to do it when the photo when the photographers are out there. You know, you you don't want to be look like your your death run over twice at that point. Like you you want to look good and fresh. And and there is something to be said about the 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 psychological aspect of seeing the finish like you no longer are you pacing yourself no longer do you have this this even when you know the distance and you're looking at your watch and i've still got a mile to go or whatever but like when you can when your body when when our you know reptilian brain can see that there it is whether it's a quarter mile or 100 yards or whatever like there's the finish line um you're able to tap into a little bit of something that you can't tap into when there's still two miles to go and your body's in that mode of like well we got to preserve and we got to make sure there's enough gas left in the tank like no we got to get there go and you're able to just go and get it done Definitely. So, um, talking about the hill, I want to talk more about the hills. You know, it, go for it. Absolutely. You know, obviously, something that uh, has been part of your running for for a while, and, and something that um, I feel like I'm halfway decent at running the hills. But I also live in Central Florida, where there aren't hills. So maybe maybe there's there's some bias there in that I don't. You know, our hills are mole hills compared to anybody's even remotely accurate mountains situation. Um, but, uh, you know, to, to this day, do you still feel like you're strong on a, on a hilly course, even if it's not going to be obviously quite as fast as a flat course? But do you feel at home on some of these Atlanta courses with all the hills? Yeah. What is our shirts from Big Peach? They say heat, hu- or heat hills and humidity, basically, yeah. um, here in Atlanta. We're at the bottom of the Appalachian. But, yeah, we have the hills. Where I went to school, Frostburg State University, it was in the mountains of western Maryland. And... I mean, even if it was just walking to class, you're getting that extra right. burn going up and down those hills. You would start up at the top and the way at the bottom and then back up. I just always love the hills. Um, whenever I'm running with a new group of friends, part of my run family, I, I sprint up those hills and they're like, Brian, what the heck is wrong with you? And it's just something inside of me that I want to keep on working on those hills. I don't mind hill repeats. I know most people dread them. Mm-hmm. They're not the worst thing in the world. It just, it helps me get better. And I definitely fail faster on a flat course right. or when I go out to the track or anything to that effect. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like you get the, the double whammy, both in the negative, but also the, the positive payoff of the hills plus the heat. Because I feel the same, like, obviously we, we don't have the hills down here, but I have the, the heat to my advantage. And like, I don't enjoy running in July when it's, you know, 86 degrees before the sun even comes up and it's 97.3% humidity or whatever nonsense it is. But... When I show up on race day and it's 65 degrees and there's some people that are like, God, like it's kind of hot. Like, especially if it's a, a, a Disney race down here in the, in the quote unquote winter, when people are coming from up north where it is winter and it's, oh, it's 60 degrees. Like it's so hot. And I'm like, eh, you know, no big yeah, deal. Perfect. Yeah. So, so for you, I feel like, you know, you, you show up to a race that, that maybe is in Atlanta, but there's, you know, there's, there's always a, a random hill somewhere, even the flattest race. There's always a random something. And I know sometimes I'll get to, you know, that, that random hill at mile 12 of a half marathon and be like, Oh, and it's, you know, whatever, it's a hundred, a hundred yards long and it's, you know, barely a grade, but it's a, it's not flat anymore. And for you, it's gotta be just oh. no factor power up and go. Definitely. Oh, so I did the cherry blossom virtually mm-hmm. and I chose my course. I went flat. I was like, I'm going to enjoy this course because I could. And I had a, uh, I was about 30 seconds off my PR for a 10 miler. And this was me virtually. Right. So if I had had, I had a couple friends run with me, but if I had had people running with me, I would have blown it away and I felt great about it. Now, 
a few weeks or two weeks later, I did the Blue Ridge Marathon virtual, the toughest uh, marathon in the country or so. I didn't sign up for the full. Um, I had won the half from, or I won a 10K, a half or a full from our run chat friends back in December. And so I signed up. First off, I tried to give it to any of my friends. I was like, please let somebody that can actually go there and do it. I couldn't do it. It was Passover weekend and it just wasn't going to work. Nobody could do it, Boston, or they had other things going on. So I said, Brian, you could either cheat and find that same flat course and just add three more miles to it. Or the elevation for this was a 18 or 1900 feet uh, elevation point. Here in Dunwoody, I did the best I could. I found, I hit every single hill. I got to 11, 12, 1112 feet. And I was like, it wasn't bad. And I did like a two hour, 10 minute half. And the people that did the full 1800, 1900, I'm sure they were, it was much more tough for them. I watched uh, Lisa Perry do it and she kicked some butt on the full marathon and just everybody. I was just happy for all of them. And I did see some of the elevation from uh, some of the other virtual runners. And I did. Mine was pretty comparable. Most people went with like 600 feet elevation. There was a couple that went to the 1800. But overall, I felt better about myself for not cheating the course. Mm -hmm. And hopefully one day I could actually do that race in person. I I not paid endorsement, but I will endorse the the race. I, I ran it, um, gosh, it's been 2014-ish, I think, something like that, which which not for nothing, and not that anybody can see the video, but I'm actually wearing my Blue Ridge Marathon shirt today, and, and it wasn't necessarily planned. Um, we didn't talk about that? No, no, we didn't, we didn't line that up at all, but like, like it is, it is an experience, and it's definitely one of those, those road races where it's a course PR or it's a course, you know, you're, yeah. you're, 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 you're measuring yourself against that course because trying to measure against any type of, no. any type of other road race of the same distance, you're not going to get that same amount of climbing. And, and, um, but definitely would, would recommend if, if, and when the opportunity presents in the next, whatever, five, eight, 10, 20 years, something like that, get up to Roanoke. It's, it's, um, worth the trip and it's a great race. It's, it's a small race, but not too small. Like for me, at least, it's like it's like that yeah. sweet spot. Of like never really alone or something. Yeah, maybe. and enough of the course shares enough of the course that like you're never really alone, but it it spreads out pretty quick. And and um, yeah, whatever. I I would give it two two thumbs up for sure. Awesome. Um, it's come up a few times, so we'll we'll again we'll lean into it. If it goes somewhere, it goes somewhere. If not, you know whatever. We'll shift gears. But uh, virtual races. You've you've done a. It sounds like you've done a few of them. Um, you know, since so in in. You know, I feel like maybe before the pandemic happened, virtual races they weren't they weren't necessarily as common. It wasn't something that as many people did, but it, but it was it was something that you know was was good for fundraisers or things like that. You did them once in a while, no big deal. Coming out of the pandemic, of course, it's it, like I think a lot of people did them for a while. Maybe got a little bit fed up with them, a little bit sick of them because it's just it's not it's not the same. Nobody's saying it's the same, but it's definitely not the same. Um, how, how have you found like virtual racing and and you know, does it, does it sort of scratch the itch? Does it not? Like, how do you, how do you, how do you, you know, how has been your experience, I guess, over the last couple of years with, with virtual races and, and have, I guess maybe ask six questions at once. Cause that's like terrible podcast hosting, but whatever. Um, have you done virtual races before that? Or has this kind of been just the last couple of years thing for you? Basically the last couple of years before I, if, like I've talked about, I'm a Maryland kid. You see me in my running kit all the time. I'm wearing the Maryland gear. I moved down to Georgia 
20 years ago or 19 years ago this year. I've never been able to run the Cherry Blossom race because I've been down here. I've never been able to run the Maryland, the Baltimore half or Baltimore full to get that crab medal. And then last year when I was signing up, I said, oh, wow, I can do the crab medal, but then I can get the King Crab Challenge, which is I can do the Frederick race, um, which is a 5K and a half in one weekend. Mm -hmm. Did the nut, nut Job Challenge, got those medals back here. Then I was able to run the Baltimore 10 miler and got that medal up here. Then I ran the Baltimore half or full marathon, and then I got this huge. <laughs> I mean, he's the king crab, mm -hmm. and it's awesome. Sorry, I just had to make sure I had all this right behind me. But yeah. I wouldn't never have been able to do this because even if I was living down here, I'm not flying back home three times in a year for three separate races weekends. I, we barely go home as it is. It's right. been a few years anyway. And if we go up, it's for one weekend every year or two. And it, so I'm able to get these races. I'm able to get the medals. Am I going to do it again? Probably not. I I really, I liked the job that they did. I mean, they put it on, we had the apps on the phone. So I was able to hear where I was on the course. And that was kind of fun because I was like, I was back home. Maybe I would run an Annapolis race just virtually just to get that extra Maryland bling. Uh, anything that I can get that has the Maryland flag on it. They keep on sending me emails about all these. Hey, there's a St. Patty's Day Maryland race, Brian. I think they know that I'm a sucker for it. <laughs> I was going to say, I think they I think they know they know that they got you. Yes. Um, but overall, I'm excited just to be back in person. The Peachtree Road Race, we did that virtually a couple of years ago. And it was the same thing. We could have chosen a flat course um, here in Dunwoody and it would have been fine. But I said, why would I choose a flat course, get a PR on that time? And then next year when I go back to, let's say I was sub 50 for the um, Petri and I'm never going to break 52, 53 minutes, not saying never, but I'm probably never going to break 52 minutes for myself on that course. It's going to look funky on when on <laughs> Athlinks or anything or Strava. And so I, we chose a course that was a, a, as difficult as much elevation. And it turned out, I mean, it was pretty comparable to my times that it would normally be. Gotcha. So I am excited though for July 4th this year to be back with 60,000 of our friends running down Peachtree Road, right? Peachtree. And it's just an awesome atmosphere. That's, that's one of those that I've had, I've had people on that have, have run the race before. I've coached people that have run the race before, and everybody seems to say it's it's just great, and it's it's crazy, and it's chaotic, and it's it's can be a little bit of a cluster with that many people. Um, but gosh, sixty thousand people over the course of six miles just doesn't doesn't sound that appealing to me. Well, normally I'm in Corral B the last few years, so I mean you have the elites. Mm -hmm. Then you have the A's, and then you have, unfortunately, or so there's people that are in the group that either are injured, and I feel bad for them, or somehow got in there by accident or got a number from a friend, and then you have to weave in and out of those people. But I'm usually done down to the Coca-Cola tent because I work for Coke, and um, or hanging out there grabbing a couple of the power aids that we have at the end of the race or core powers or any of our wonderful coca-cola beverages nice little get a little plug in there <laughs> plug yeah, there. Absolutely. yeah there we go uh, but and then i end up getting back home by the time some of the people that have haven't even started yet 
And I just, I mean, I love that race though. It's just to have, I love the atmosphere. I love the people on the sidelines cheering us on. And there's people from mile one all the way through Piedmont Park when you're finishing and they're just cheering you on. And so I probably need to run one of the big six one day if I am going to run a full to really experience it. Um, not a knock against Publix, but there's pockets that are pair, people cheering you on. But then myself, when I was running that one in 16, there was a lot of times that I'm cheering everybody. Come on, guys. We're down 15. Right. We just have 11 to go. And it helps myself and it helps other people. I do this at every race. I try to cheer people on. And I've had people come up to me after the race and say, thank you very much because you kept me motivated as we were doing it. I ended up getting a PR because of this. And I was like, okay. I wasn't trying to. I was trying to motivate myself. But I'm glad that I could be that support for them as well. Yeah, that's, that's you know, the, the support piece is always so appreciated. But, you know, the longer the race and especially when there's only a handful of thousand people instead of, you know, 20,000, 40,000, whatever. You're not running through a city like New York or Chicago or, or Boston, where it's obviously such a, not just in Boston, of course, the race, but it's such a big deal in that area that like, yeah, everybody comes out, all kinds of support. You know, you run in the, the whatever, even the, the public's race in Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta is no, no slouch of a city, but it's not, it's not the thing to do that day. So not everybody comes out and yeah, over 26.2 miles, like, you're going to have some spots where there's a lot of people and there's a lot of support and it's awesome. But then you're going to have a lot of spots where it's, you know, it's, it's the, it's the back, it's the industrial area. There's no houses, there's no residential, whatever. And like, there's no real crowd support there. And it's just kind of like, all right, well, it's, okay. it's us and the 15,000 of us music. running. And yeah, that's about, that's about all we got going on. That's yeah. I've heard rocket city is uh, in, um, in Huntsville that the crowd comes out and my friends have said, Brian, it's a flat course. It's good. Boston qualifier. I was like, guys, you know, I'm not qualified for Boston. Maybe if I'm running the same pace now when I'm in my 80s, maybe I have a chance. But I'm telling you, Brian, that's that's my plan of attack. Get a little bit older and and 20, 30 or get a little bit faster and 20, 30 years older. And, uh, you know, we got we got a chance to to punch that ticket and, you know, we can we can go run. And I'm not raising ten thousand dollars. I mean, I those are awesome goals and everything. I'm glad that people do it and I've helped donate to those. But I can't go up to people and ask for 10,000 because I'll end up putting in $9,999 or so after I've asked my dad for a buck yeah, or there something. You go. Hey, whatever, whatever it takes to get the job done and support the cause and get to, get to run the race, I suppose. Yeah. Um, talking about that first marathon a little bit more. Um, and, and obviously it's, it's, it's been, a, you know, five, six years ago. So it's a little bit in the rear, in the rear view and, and there's not anything necessarily to compare it to, but, um, as far as running another in-person race, of course, you did the, the virtual one last year. Um, but what, what motivated you to, to step up to run that marathon six years ago? Because that's, that's one that I feel like people either like, yes, I always want to do more or like, you know what? I don't know. So what, what got you to, to join Club 26.2? In uh, high school, I was a cross-country runner, like I said, JV. And I told my team that the Washington Bullets, and for any of you young people that don't know who the Washington Bullets are, they used, are now the Washington Wizards, but they used to be called the Washington Bullets. In D.C., crime rate is high, so we had to uh, change the name to the Wizards. Is that, is that what spurred the name change? Yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah, because never... uh, we were faster than a speeding bullet. That was our whole gotcha. moniker. But in the 70s, but then with the crime rate, Abe Poland, our owner, was like, hey, it's let's, not let's really kosher okay. to go. Yeah, so 
they had a bunch of different nicknames and this was the one that won out. Is it my favorite? I don't, it's my it team. It I don't is. care. Yeah, exactly. My um, football team that's now known as the commanders. <laughs> I'll get used to that Eventually, name as well. I don't yeah. care. It's it, all around here is all my DC sports, even though I live in Atlanta, but so I am in cross country and I told everybody on the team that the bullets were going to make the playoffs and that I was going to run a marathon. The very last year they were the Washington bullets. They made the playoffs because they had been on a streak of seven or eight years or so that they hadn't made to a playoffs. And they were like, yeah, right, Brian, your bullets stink. Um, <laughs> and it was just, sure. I'm going to run a marathon. And I got to 39 and it was close to, it was 38. And I was like, Hey, we're coming up on our high school reunion. I've got to do it before 20 year, 25 year, wherever. So I was said, I signed up. We had a one-year-old at the time and wife was, it wasn't the best time for me to train for said marathon. So I wasn't at running as much as I was. I was doing my one day a week long training, long run. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I got up to my 22 mile for my training, but I really was only running one day a week. It was not a good thing. I don't recommend that for training for a marathon. We get to uh, March 17th, uh, 20, or right around March 17th, March 18th. Yeah, or March 20th, 2016. And I get out there, and I'm all excited. I'm, I had friends recently do a four-hour, 404 Chicago Marathon. They've done Snickers um, down in Columbus, LaGrange, Georgia. And they uh, they were right around four. And these are the people that I run with. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to – I have a few goals in mind. First goal, number one, finish the race. <laughs> I'm crossing that finish line. Number two – Five hours. Let's finish, you know, five hours. That's a reasonable goal. 4.45 or so. Let's go with a 4.30. If I can beat Oprah, 4.29. And then ultimate goal would be, you know, 4 to 4.15, somewhere in that range. I sign up for the 4.15 pace group because I'm like, my friends have just done this. I'm as fast as they are. This will be fine. And they're five years older than me. Get to... First half mile, half marathon, kicking butt. We're doing well. And at this point, um, Publix, instead of running together at mile seven, they split off the half marathon and full is running by themselves. And like I said, there was nobody on that course except for little pockets. Get to mile 13. I finish all my UCAN, the med stuff that I was drinking in my water bottle, and I just keep on replenishing with water. Get to mile 17, starting to cramp up just a little bit. I see my friend who is my chiropractor, and he's an ultra runner. He's awesome for us. And he goes, Brian, you haven't had any electrolytes in the last five miles or so? Next time, get some Powerade. Okay. I see him and his girlfriend are tracking me, and they're kind of following me around. I didn't know this at the time. Get to mile 20, and I see some more friends. I give them big hugs, and I'm feeling great. I'm starting to feel a little sore. Get to mile 21, and I see this post over on the side. I said, I've got to go stretch out real quick. I went to stretch, and I cramped up like nothing before. I fell down to the ground crying like my baby at that time. 
Oh, Olga, Faraz's girlfriend, comes, Faraz, get over here, get over here. Somebody puts a salt packet under my tongue. Um, it's like, okay, I'm getting up. I'm finishing this thing. He stretches me out for a little bit. At that time, we were at about a three, we were at 315. I had the 5K to go or 10K to go. And so I'm like, 415, 430 is looking still realistic. They had said we were at a 408 pace at the time. The group that I was with, because they said it gets hillier and worse at the end, so they wanted to be leave us some room at that. So 21, I get up, and I start walk, jog, walk, jog, and I'm like, okay, I got this. I get to 23. My friends Jody and Katie had already finished the half, and they're coming back to run me in the last 5K. As soon as I see them, I cramp up again, and I fall down. I don't do goose, but they, and I don't drink coffee at all. They had coffee goo, and I downed that thing, and they're like, come on. So I get up, and I, um, we're through Georgia Tech, and I get through, and I'm just walking. I'm struggling, but I'm getting through this. And you see in the photos, I, I'm like, yeah, come on, come on. I get to 26 miles, and we have the point two to go, and I see my friend Christy lives here in Georgia, I went to high school with and ran cross country with. It's just kind of a cool coincidence. She's on the side and I'm going over and I'm about to fall and I hold onto the railing. This guy, I don't know who he is, comes out. He's dressed like my dad. Like he looks exactly like my dad who did come down for the race. It's not my dad. He comes out and I had written Brian on my bib so that way everybody could cheer on Brian. He goes, come on, Brian. He puts his arm around me and he gets me up to the top of Centennial Park. We're starting to walk down. He goes, come on, Brian, you got this. You got this. And he lets me go about 100 feet away from the finish line. And in the photo, you can see me grimacing as I'm crossing that finish line. I fall right into the wheelchair. They take me to the med, vet, med tent, to, um, 458. Wow. So I broke my goal of five hours. I finished that race. And I'm crying. I'm cheering, having a great time. I mean, in the tent, my family comes, cheers me on. Uh the guy goes, hey, we're going to get you a Gatorade. My kid goes, no, that better be Powerade. Dad works for Coke. <laughs> Raised him right. He knows what's up. <laughs> exactly. And then my other buddy Harley comes in and puts that metal around my neck. And I wasn't taking that bad boy off. I mean, I think I took it off to shower. But then I stayed on the couch that day. And I think Dad and I went to the Wizards game versus the Hawks either that night or the next night. And I that experience, it was just awesome. I, you weren't going to take it away from me. In my mind, I was like, I still want to beat Oprah. I've got to beat Oprah. 429, I can do this. So that was my goal for this past year when I did the virtual one. I've got this. I've got this. I was running two half marathons a month trying to make sure I built up my mileage. I was like, I learned the last time. I wasn't ready for it. Got to October. And it was unseasonably hot. It started off nice, got through 21, 22 miles, and then it just, I died. Um, I ended up having to walk the last four miles. I finished. I had a support system that was with me, and I'm upset at myself. They're like, Brian, enjoy this. You're finishing the half, or a full marathon by yourself, basically, not a... And so there's a video of me finishing. I watched it this morning to just kind of give me some motivation for this talk today. And 
I got it. I was a 518. And I was on pace to break that 429 time. I wanted to break the five or the 458. I was like, oh, I've got to break my last time. And I didn't do it. So there's something inside me that wants to get back out there and do another one. The wife and kids have said, it's going to be a long time before I run another full. I, it was five years in between the races. It may be right before my 50th birthday, the next one. Maybe Marine Corps or Baltimore in person as I'm rocking the Maryland flag. Whatever it is. But I am going to do it, and I'm going to be ready for it. And if I can't, I'm still going to finish the 26.2. Yeah, it's it's the, the marathon is such a, like, it's such a tricky beast. And, and I feel like... The more the more you do them, not that the easier that they get, because running 26 miles is never like I don't care who you are, it's 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 not ever going to be easy. But like at least you have a better idea of what to expect. Your body has a better idea of what to expect. Like things can still go sideways, but I feel like there's less of a likelihood because it's just not such a shock to the system. Yet at the same time, training to run a marathon semi regularly is a big deal and it takes a lot of time and the family's got to be on board. And so it's, it's such a, it's such a tricky balancing act of like, I want to run enough to be, to, to hit my goals, to whatever those might be, to, to move forward or to feel like I'm making progress on the goals. But if you're not, but if you can't run them enough, it's really hard to make progress. It's like, it's like, you know, whatever the, it's not a chicken or the egg, but it's a, it's a, you know, rock and a hard place situation because like, it's just, it's a commitment and it's tough. Like, no, I don't care. Again, I don't care how fast or slow or whatever. Like it's tough to do. And, and especially when you're, when you're, you know, trying to push yourself, like it's not, not easy. They'll probably be in high school or college yep. and that's fine. They're 11 and seven now. So we'll see. I mean, when I'm not driving them around to soccer games or to lacrosse, right. whatever it is. Right. And I'll be able to do it, and that's fine. It may not be as fast, but I will still be able to break that 458 because I'll be training more. Yeah, well, and, and the good news is, is, you know, knock on wood and the good Lord willing, like, races aren't going anywhere permanently. You know, hopefully we can avoid more pandemics and things like that where you'll, you know, never have a, a year or two where you don't have options. But, like, races are going to be a thing. You'll, you'll be able to find them. Um, and, and, yeah, yeah. When, when life allows you to, to train a little bit and be consistent. And, not for nothing. Here's here's a little you know coaching advice for you and everybody listening. If you take it or, or not, it's totally up to you. But like even when you're not training for a marathon, that work you're doing is training for that next marathon, whether it's six months from now or six years from now. Like that training, all all is worthwhile and, and all helps to build. Um, but going back to that first marathon, I will say this again for whatever it's worth and probably not worth worth much, but your training for your first marathon was better than my training for my first marathon because I'll. Like you, I was only doing basically one long run per week, but I capped out at 14 miles the week before the race and legitimately thought that I was going to be just fine because I had run more than half of the distance. And well, if I can do half, then I can certainly do the other half and it'll be no big deal. So, uh, you know, your, your 20, 22 miler leading up to your first race, that's that, uh, you know, you were, you were in a better place than I was by, by a long shot. Okay. Yeah, I did at least get there. I mean, we were stopping on the wall or on those runs, but and they were like, Brian, the people that I was running with, can't you at least add one more run during the week or something? And the job at that time wasn't, it wasn't conducive and with the kids. Um, but now I get the kids out running with me. We, the 11 year old's done five, six, five Ks. Um, and then the younger one this past February, he did his first five K and he was almost a sub 30 wow. and he's seven 
uh, yeah, so it, they, yeah, it was fun. And I try to instill that into them as well. I want them to be runners. They play soccer. I mean, they, they run lacrosse, right. they do other sports and it's going to help them out with whatever they do. My, I'm going to give you one more story about it, but a few years ago, so we did the cupcake race and, um, you run, I did my 15 K when we finished every kid had to run across the parking lot and they get their cupcake. My son goes, this is the coolest. I want to run a popsicle race. <laughs> what's a pop? I mean, what's a popsicle race? Well, you finish and you get a popsicle. We looked everywhere. There's no popsicle race. He's four at the time. And he goes, I want to run my own popsicle race. So he invites five of his friends over. We, um, he cuts out the numbers for everybody. He, um, what else did he do? He did the finish line for everybody and the start line. We run from he the five kids run from our driveway to the stop sign and back. It's less than like two a tenth of a mile or you know two tenths of a mile. Finish. Everybody gets a popsicle. Well, some other kids are like, "Hey, that was fun. We saw you guys do this. Why didn't you invite us?" <laughs> so the next year we end up. Well, Atlanta Track Club has this thing called Kilometer Kids. We were trying to instill something into my kid. Hey, um, you give back to the community. And so we said everybody's race entry fee would be a pair of socks. And we're going to donate that to Kilometer Kids. We had 25 kids run the race from the bottom to our driveway. And the Popsicle company sends us free Popsicle coupons for everything. The next year, it got so big, we did it at the high school track. We had 200 members. We donated a few thousand dollars to the um, track club and to their kilometer kids foundation. My kid was, and then we did that a couple of years and then the pandemics hit and he's out raced himself. Um, Cause we did it from two years old to 11 years old. We didn't want it to be for anybody other than that. And now we may give it to the high school or to the elementary school that he goes to. So that way they can have this fundraiser and it's a good one. And everybody gets a free popsicle at the end of the race. And all kids thought it was the coolest. They did one lap around the track, whether it was walking, you would see some of the kids, we had the one and two year olds doing, or two and three year olds doing a 50 meter dash basically. And it's just so fun. And just to be able to see that for my kid, he likes getting on the megaphone and on your marks, get set, go. And just brought joy to me, my, you know, heart. And I was excited that hopefully I'm passing the love of running onto them as well. Well, and, and yeah, not only the love of running, but just making making it fun. You know, like like I think I think that there's a, a risk that some of us get into as as adults, and and you know, no no offense to anybody listening, but it, it, as near as I can tell. I don't think I have too many people that listen to the show that like literally put food on the table based on their race results. Like, like it's all something we do outside of our work and outside of our jobs. And, and it's something that, you know, is, is a hobby or a passion or whatever, but it's, it's extra. And, and I'm guilty of this too, as much as anybody, but it's easy to lose sight of just experiencing the joy of running because you have your goals and, and, you know, you have a bad race and it's like, Oh, you know, you get all upset because you didn't hit your mark or, and, and again, if you're competitive and I, tend to be a little bit competitive sometimes i get it but just to instill with your kids and the kids in the neighborhood the kids in the community that like just have fun like who doesn't want to pop who what adult doesn't want a popsicle at the end of a race you know like like go go run and get a popsicle and and contribute something to a good cause you know whether it's a pair of socks or an entry fee or whatever like 
man, that's awesome that you, that you guys did that. And, and just, I mean, kudos and hat tips and all the things like that's, that's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. Excited for it. And I mean, hope people keep on asking us, when is it coming back? We'll see. I mean, there's still the younger kid that can do it. Yeah. Clearly uh, there's, you know, like it's, it's grown itself over the years and like, it's become a thing. And, and I guess sometimes that's the, that's the danger of doing something like that is it might become a thing and then it becomes expected. But you know, for something like that, you know, it's, it's again, when it goes to a good cause and it's, it's, it's for the right reasons, like, that's where you can hand it off or it can somebody else who's got a younger kid can then take it over or whatever. And it can, it can continue to grow and blossom. And I mean, wow, that's, that's so cool. Running your own race though is a lot of work. So if anybody has those aspirations, we ended up having a team that ended up helping out. Yeah. And, uh, it, Oh yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I, I mean, again, you know, just talk about your, or just think about for the second, the logistics of, you know, when it's, when it's 12 kids from the neighborhood, like whatever, it's a box of popsicles and it's no big deal. But when you start getting a couple hundred kids around and you're trying to organize things and then all of a sudden now you kind of think about waivers and liabilities and, and all that type of stuff that when it's just, you know, Jimmy from next door oh. and Susie from across the street, like, eh, whatever, like their parents, like, yeah, come on over. We'll run up the street and we'll get a popsicle. Like it's no big deal. So yeah, it's, it's a thing for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, as we're, as we're wrapping up, Brian, and, and uh, um, as is often the case, I feel like time has flown a little bit. Hopefully it's flown for you. Hopefully it hasn't been too painful of a process for you so far, but uh, I'd like to wrap up with something I call a, a philosophical question, which is um, kind of like the introductory question. It's open-ended. It's, it's kind of a, a pretty simple question that sometimes can be a long answer. Sometimes can be a short answer. A lot of times it's somewhere in the middle, but you take it where you want to go with it. And uh, we'd, we'd just be curious, you know, at, at this point in your life, um, you know, from starting running in high school as, as the, the, the JV kid on the, on the varsity track team and, and building your way up and continuing to push through and run virtual races and in-person races and, and, and you know, being more consistent with your training and you know, where you are today, why do you still do it? Why is running still uh, an important part of your life, something that, uh, you know, whether there's a, you know, whenever the next race is or whatever the next d- distance might be, um, why do you keep getting out there on a you know, semi-regular, mostly daily basis or whatever, multi- whatever your routine is. Why, why is running still a part of your life? The feel, the, the energy. The, I mean, whether I'm running with my friends, just tonight at soccer practice, I'm going to, we started with three of us and now it's a group of eight of us. I love getting people motivated to run. They were going to run by themselves. I'd rather us all commute, like run together. I love that community. It's my run family. I love being out at the races. I love, like I said, the Peachtree Road Race, just having those people cheer me on. I'm at home at work right now, just behind my computer. This is as much interaction as I really have with people. So this gives me my outlet of getting out there. The endorphins, the, just, I just feel great about myself after I've gone for a run. It, I don't know how else to describe it, but just, I just the runner's high is i mean it truly is amazing and i and i love connecting with so many different people like i said if you see me at a race i am decked out in the maryland gear and it first off it makes it easy for my friends to find me after the race when we're driving home together second off selfishly whenever they do the photos usually somebody a lot of people are going to take a photo of the maryland flag because it's easy to spot. It's the most obnoxious, wonderful flag in the whole land. So, and it all started off with a pair of socks that I got for a race years ago. And then my stepmother is just like, Oh, you need a pair of shorts. Oh, you need the shirt. You need the old Bay stuff. You need whatever. And 
My wife is probably a little sick of each and every birthday gift that I get. Uh, she's told me that on my 50th birthday, I'm going to get the full suit. <laughs> we'll see about that. Uh, but no, I, I honestly, I just love running and it's always going to be a part of my life, whether I'm 45, 95, wherever it is, I'm, I hope that I can have some kind of um, connection with running. If I'm unable to do it, I'd like to still be cheering on my kids, my grandkids, my great-grandkids at that point or so. Uh, it just, it's been in there ever since high school, somewhere in here. And I'm never going to be, like I said, that Boston runner. I'm never going to be, and I don't care. I'm just happy with who I am and how, who I, how I feel after I get that run in. And I love every Sunday I get to join the run chat group and I get to connect with so many people or the bib chat group or I've gotten to meet so many cool people virtually. And then I'm hoping that we're talking about going to the big 10, 10 K one year in Chicago, all decked out in our big 10 gear and wherever it is, um, look forward to running if i'm down in florida with you if i'm up here if you're in atlanta or if anybody ever is in atlanta please come up and just say hey to the maryland flag guy i will uh take that selfie with you either before or after or during the race gotcha, gotcha. well yeah you you me and probably everybody listening that, that just you know keep on keeping on keep running as as long as we can and uh y'all if you want to connect with brian maybe maybe Organize that meetup for uh, you know when you're when you're in Atlanta or whenever there's a you know races that that might co- you know coincide with each other or whatever the case might be um, on the Twitters at Brian K Greenberg again that's Brian with a Y Greenberg with an E K in the middle uh, Dizruns.com/slash1048 we'll get you back to the show notes for today we'll have the obviously the Twitter handle linked up races we talked about linked up a whole not whole nine everything linked up photos the whole nine Dizruns.com/slash1048 so uh, Brian thanks for uh, for making the time today. Thanks for sharing some stories. And um, it's, it's certainly been a pleasure and uh, yeah, I'll definitely take you up on it. You're down here. I'm up there one way or the other uh, looking forward to, to, to doing some, getting some miles in person at some point, but until then be well, take care. And, and again, thanks for the time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Brian and myself. And as per usual, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your, uh, you know, little takeaway from our little chit chat today? Uh, for me, it, it comes from the end. And, and there were several things uh, along the way that were making I was making notes on. But when Brian was talking about the popsicle race that uh, he and his, his kids put on and, and kind of continued to, to be a thing there for, for several years and still kind of going... Um, it just put such a huge smile on my face and, and made me think about or, or, you know, just kind of planted that seed of making sure that, you know, to always have fun, always finding ways to, to make running fun and make this sport something that, that of all the reasons that I do it, enjoyment and fun and having a good time needs to always be part of it. And sure, it's fine if there's other, you know, if there's health benefits or trying to, you know, race goals and things like that and other goals. Like, like those are, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong at all. But, you know, just the, the simple act of running and getting a popsicle at the end. Or for me, maybe running and getting a cup of coffee at the end. Um, I, I just don't ever want to lose sight of that. I don't ever want to lose sight of the joy that I get from just, from finishing a run. From, from you know, getting out there, whether it's with the dog whether it's with somebody else, whether it's by myself, 
I guess it can't be all three of the above, right? Because by myself and with somebody else, that that doesn't work out. But you know, no matter what shape the the run looks, whether it's a long run, short run, uh, speed workout, whatever, um, just trying to make sure that fun is always always part of it. And, and you know, I, I'm certainly not going to be Pollyanna enough, or, or uh, I, although I am Pollyanna fairly often, but I'm not going to be Pollyanna enough to think that every run is going to just be glorious and beautiful and wonderful. At least not for me. Maybe maybe you're, some of you, all of your runs are glorious and beautiful and wonderful. But for me, there's some days that it's a slog. But, you know, if I can have that popsicle at the end of it, or again, for me, that, that cup of coffee at the end of it, like, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did it. It was worth it. It was worth it. And so, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm explaining myself clearly or not, but uh, it doesn't really matter because my takeaway is just to make sure I'm having fun. And if that includes a popsicle, a cup of coffee, maybe one of both, um, that's perfect. That's perfect. Simple, enjoyable, um, and, and don't always have to make it more than that. Just to be simple and fun and a little bit of a popsicle. Never a bad time. Never a bad time. So that was my takeaway. And again, I don't know that I explained it well, but hey, you know, I don't need to I don't need to justify my takeaway to you, just like you don't need to justify your takeaway to me. But if you're willing to share your takeaway, I would love to hear it. Uh, feel free to, to shoot me a, a message, a DM, or tag me in a post on Twitter or Instagram. I'm at DizRuns on both places. You can also send an email to DizRuns at gmail.com. And of course, you can also head over to the show notes for today, which you can get to at DizRuns.com slash 1048, DizRuns.com slash one zero. Four, eight. That's what 1048 means. Come on, Diz, get it out. Um, but underneath the photos, underneath the, the, the write-up that Ellen does, the links, the whole nine, there's that comment section down at the bottom of the page, and you can share your takeaways with me there. Uh, always love to hear it. Always love to hear what y'all think about the, the show or what, what things stand out to you that, that maybe they also stood out to me, but I, hey, I'm only mentioning one. Or maybe they're things that kind of glossed by for me, but really left a mark for you really appreciate when you take the time to share so if you're willing i'd love to hear it you know the places to find me one last time before we wrap things up for today don't forget if you're looking to step up your sock game look to features disruns.com slash features is the link and that's f-e-e-t-u-r-e-s see what they did there features features yeah you you got it you you're connecting those dots uh but get some good socks support the show at the same time and uh yeah i guess that's it disruns.com slash features is the link so uh, with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking Brian and I with you today. And until next time, y'all be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? Later, y'all.